Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Sociable, a podcast that puts you in the conversation. Through this podcast, we aim to discuss social issues, norms, and observations, all in a sociable manner. I'm your host, David. I'm your host, David. Okay. Okay, this is an awkward start. I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, I'm going to cut the awkward silence in the editing anyway, so it doesn't really matter. All right. Today we're going to be talking about herd mentality and the harms that can have on our society, uh, on the way people interact with each other, and on our mental health. So first, let's kind of just discuss, like, what is herd mentality? Well, I mean, according to the segment, I copy-pasted from Wikipedia. If it was Wikipedia, I don't remember anymore. It's uh, how it describes how people can be influenced by their peers to adopt certain behaviors on a largely emotional rather than rational basis. When individuals are affected by herd mentality, mob mentality, or pack mentality, they can make decisions different than they would have like individually. Is herd mentality the same thing as is peer pressure kind of herd mentality? I guess so, right? But it depends on the circumstance. Like, I if feel everyone like there's probably is... a subset of it, right? Do you think herd mentality is like that big of a problem in the status quo? And if so, like, how does it manifest? Um. Okay. Well, I was gonna talk about some like examples and how it, you know, occurs. But we can talk about problems. Um, so, you know the book I was trying to find, like, just before we were recording? It's called, uh, Political Tribes by Amy Chua. And Imagine basically, reading books. Dude. Alright. I read this book, like, two years ago. I haven't read a book in ages. Alright, go. Okay. Bro, it's, actually, it's been so long since I read a book. The only books I've read are for school. When have I last touched, like, a physical book apart from today? This is okay. kind of scary. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so basically what the argue, uh, I can't talk, what the author was arguing <laughs> was that humans are like inherently tribal creatures, like there's a primal instinct to belong in groups, and in a lot of parts of the world, like your group identities, the ones that matter uh, most, people will kill and die for, uh, like for example, ethnic, religious, um, clan-based, whatever, and Basically, the book focuses on the tribalism in the political system in America. And because America tends to see the world in terms of, like, uh, ideology... I I actually can't talk to that. Ideologies, like, clashing. Like, capitalism versus communism. Democracy versus authoritarianism. You know. Yeah. Um, Like, red versus blue states. Yeah, yeah. People tend to be blind to tribal politics. And basically, this has kind of destroyed American foreign policy. Like, for example, in the Vietnamese War, no one, well, I mean, not no one, but most people didn't see, like, most of the so-called capitalists were hated by the Chinese minority. And every, like, supposedly free, um, pro-free market move they made helped the Vietnamese turn against them, right? And the same thing in Iraq. You said Chinese, and I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. Well, there was a Chinese minority. I don't think history. Okay, what's what's the history point you're trying to make? Yeah, I'm just giving examples. Hold up. So (laughs) in Iraq, there was a similar case of people being ignorant of like the Sunnis and Shias. And basically, the point that she was trying to make was that American foreign policy has to take into account tribalism abroad for it to work. And 
um, America in itself must discover a national identity that transcends just tribalism. And she argues that even like slogans of unity are just another form of decisiveness, which I guess is a kind of common sentiment. Okay, wait, wait. So I think there are like two different types of herd mentality to unpack. The first is like political herd mentality. So like the idea of Democrats versus Republicans. And the second is the idea of American, like America first, like nationalistic uh, mentalities. I think, I think the idea of political bandwagoning is quite interesting because like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the U.S. is consistently ranked as one of the hmm wait I'm not, I'm not sure what the term is but america has extremely high levels of political polarization even among like other developed countries with similar political systems the u.s ex far exceeds them in terms of like the extent to which people are willing to like fight or die by their beliefs so i think I think that's quite interesting because it might sort of reflect on how American culture might encourage or sort of foster this kind of uh, bandwagoning or this kind of herd mentality. So I think like one reason possibly is massive amounts of like, like the sort of political tactics that are just encouraged in the political atmosphere. I think it's things like demonization or otherization of the other side. Um, in essence, like making your followers, uh, making your followers blindly follow you, not because they have a preference for you over the other, but because they genuinely cannot fathom how any logical, rational person could ever believe other from them. I think those kinds of tactics are becoming more and more prevalent within the political sphere. And as a result, it becomes even more unfathomable to ever like sway from that herd. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's become so prevalent and concentrated, especially in the US political system. I agree. To be honest, at some point it becomes more like a me versus them kind of thing rather than yeah, like us versus them, our yeah. beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm not sure if this is super relevant, but I read something interesting, which is like, no, actually, I didn't read it. It's from The Good Place. Uh, like <laughs> the first problem that humans had to overcome was me versus us so how to sacrifice a little bit of individual freedom for the group like mm -hmm. how to put on a mask even when you might not like it for the sake of ensuring the safety of everyone in the community and then as that became more and more um except as that became more and more like um solvable the next problem was us versus them so learning how to see other groups as equal to us and that we have not yet really managed to solve, like on a, by and large, that is still the main problem that people suffer from today. So as you said, like ethnic lines, religious lines, um, nationalism, uh, I think it's also like, I think it's also becoming extremized because of things like, you know, capital riots or more and more escalations of political violence Right, yeah. Um, speaking of political violence, uh, it's often theorized by, you know, by psychologists, not, I don't know. I don't know who these people were, but by people, by, by philosophers. You're just, you're just I, making these facts up. 
Yeah, I'm just making it. I don't know who Gustave Le Bon is. I don't know what he does. Wait, I'm gonna look him up. Gustave what? He, because he was an early explorer of the, like, of the idea of herd mentality. He is, oh, of course he's a polymath. Every old smart person is a polymath. Anyway, um. Yeah. Oh, what was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he proposed that basically, um, this loss of personal responsibility and sort of anonymity and clout and crowds leads to an inclination to behave almost like primitively, hedonistically, according to the will of the entire group. And this leads to people being violent, um, offensive. Yeah. I mean, look at Reddit, right? Yeah, exactly. Wait, So, that's interesting. So it's, is it possibly to, more to do with like anonymity? right, yeah. Well, that was one of the other things I was going to talk about. Well, I mean, we can move on to that and then come back. Uh, one of the things I was looking at was something called the wisdom of crowd. All right, so pretty self-explanatory. Basically, you know, the collective opinion of a bunch of people is more supposedly accurate than one person because you know it offsets the biases and noise that one person may have by taking the average of a bunch of people and you see this in for example in like reddit you know wikipedia stack exchange whatever <laughs> yahoo answers <laughs> no i'm just kidding but you see this kind of herd mentality implemented in a lot of places where you might not necessarily expected to and this brings around like a lot of problems as well especially because you know the average it can eliminate you know random noise but it can't eliminate systematic errors that affect the opinion of the entire crowd and it also relies on the fact that the crowd has to be very diverse for opinions to be like averageable if that makes sense Fair, fair. So wait, where does this notion of freedom of the masses? Oh wait, hang on. Okay, so you're saying like systematic biases will always transcend the idea that you can average out biases and balance them according to each other. Is that right? Well, not always, but sometimes. Yeah, and the notion is flawed because there are systematic reasons why it can't really work. Right, yeah. Fair. I swear there's like a, there's a, you do debate, you should know this, there's like a debate term, argumentum ad populus, populum, something like that. Bro, I, I Appeal don't learn to Latin the people. phrases in debate. Well, I mean, you do spout them from time to time, no, I'm just kidding. Um, You what? It's like, um, What? What did you say? okay, anyway, isn't it like, well, it's something like stating that something is true because the majority thinks so, which is wrong, right? I don't think that exists. And I, I think most people agree with me. That's kind of like, yeah. Wait, yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Like, I think Yeah. part of it, going back to the idea of anonymity, is like, when you're enshrouded by a crowd, I guess, like, anonymity gives you a, anonymity gives you a sense of protection. I think one of the reasons why herd mentality might be so comforting is because people feel like if they're part of a group of people that they generally believe will support what they do, then they're more emboldened to share their own innate thoughts and their innate experiences. And I think to a certain degree, that's understandable, right? Like there are very few times in a person's life where they can truly be themselves to other people or they can truly like express what they think. So maybe 
the idea that anonymity can give them that kind of comfort is like understandably comforting. So I think、mm. people don't always enter herd mentality just because they're like ignorant or just because they're manipulated or misguided. Oftentimes, I think it's arguable that oftentimes people might enter or willingly let themselves become part of a herd just because they want to be, they want to be themselves in that kind of way. They want to let out that like primal, I don't know, that primal primitive version of themselves. That otherwise they would just kind of had to dress up. True. I mean, that's kind of different from just pure herd mentality because herd mentality is how you can be influenced by peers to adopt something, like a behavior or something irrational. Yeah. Well, I mean, on Reddit, there's a whole thing going around, like a culture almost, like the Reddit hive mind, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I had that written down. Yeah. Like one person says something, and then a bunch of other people in the comments go. The hive mind agrees or disagrees, or or something like that, or one person puts forth an opinion and then twenty million people have like twenty separate arguments in the comment section. For example, that's why I feel like, like like you know, R slash unpopular opinion. Yeah, like that's why I feel like the concept for that is so strange. It, it's like I get that in theory they want to promote more discourse or whatever, but if you actually look. The top posts on unpopular it's opinion. Popular it's it's either a popular right wing opinions or it's like the just strange trivial things that no one cares about. Like I drink my milk with water, or I like I like it when my sleeves get wet, or whatever. But it's never actual unpopular opinions. True, true. I mean, actual unpopular opinions would just get downvoted to the ground, which is why they never show up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or just would be like. So offensive that no one would actually just morally upvote them, yeah, or like promote them. And I think that's the thing with like, I think that's the thing with any media site that promotes the idea of like upvotes or downvotes or any similar feature like likes or dislikes, which is that you always get the self-affirming echo chamber of beliefs because in certain subreddits with a largely like left-wing or largely right-wing. Demographic. Those that reaffirm the beliefs of the hive mind are going to be upvoted to the top. So when people casually browse, they're not going to look further than the first two or three comments. So they're going to see, hey, look, like two thousand people agree with me, so I am right. That reaffirms their beliefs and reinforces it. So I think it's quite, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of a natural consequence of. That's kind of a natural consequence of any site, right? Because yeah, I was gonna say I don't think people because... would want to willingly enter into places where they feel like they are a minority, or they feel like they're going to be harassed or doxed out for disagreeing. But also on Reddit, that's kind of why that there are so many like different communities, right? There's、yeah. like a community for anything. Some like dead show that ended ten years ago. There's probably people discussing that right now. As if it was have like you, have you been on r slash bread staple to trees? No, <laughs> it's a subreddit devoted to bread staple to trees. Oh, there, there's a there's one with um birds with legs, and there's one with、uh, Hitler with socks.、Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah, anyway, what's your point? Okay,、um, don't ask how we know that, but anyway, wait, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, um, collective opinion. 
Well, I think I was going to raise the point of, for example, like video game tier lists. Like, it's not really her, um, herd mentality anymore, but it's that idea you raised of self-validation or once you see an opinion that's, you know, directly against yours, you become so offended and feel like the need to correct it. Like, video game tier lists, for example, in some games, people don't look at them for information a lot of the time. People kind of look at them to be validated that their favorite character is at the top, and if they're not, then they just mold, then they dismiss you know? it. Yeah. I think it's even less that they just get angry, but more that they just refuse to believe it. Like, I think people are more likely to just literally dismiss it as like, that is an anomaly. No one actually thinks that. I just happened across like this one post from, the, from this one guy who disagrees. Hmm. But also, Which is also... yeah, like, I think, like, okay, anecdote. Uh, I started watching like Euphoria and then I finished the second episode and then I decided to go on the subreddit for Euphoria and I browsed the few top posts and a lot of the top posts repeat the same general like topic like oh the, this character was badly written or this character served no purpose and even though I'd only watched it for two episodes by the time I finished browsing I myself also felt like the character was badly written I myself began to dislike that character already just because there was so much exposure to it and so much like self reaffirmation of it that by the end it felt like it was already just a fact like a given within the community Right. I guess that brings around the like idea, the the Latin phrase, the appeal to the people, like the shut argument. up with the latin No, 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 dead no. language Listen. Okay, Latin is a dead language. Anyone who learns it is stupid. When are you ever going to use it? Anyway, okay. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Anyway, You know, what I was know, I going to I say? know how to say "help me." I got ran over by a minivan in Latin. <laughs> how do you say it? It's "iuva me nupra ab minivan transcursus sum." Oh, wow. I memorized I only that know from the a book. cognito ergo sum. Like I the see. I think, Therefore, therefore I I am. am. Okay. Okay, anyway. I guess that kind of bolsters that idea because, you know, you see people agreeing with you. Therefore, you're like, oh, this is probably right. But obviously, that can be wrong at times. I mean, there's still a, there's a subreddit called r slash free folk. That's just people molding about the last season and a bit of Of Game Game of Thrones, of Thrones. which I completely agree. Like, it, it was it was terrible. The CGI was good, but it was terrible in terms of plot. Why is this Wait, there's... why is this devolved into just talking about Reddit? Like Okay, okay, okay. trashing We should Reddit. move on. Let's, Okay. let's move on. Let's do, like, one of those awkward things. Edgar, let's talk about de-individuation. What? I think I pronounced that right. De-individuation. Basically, it's a concept um, that explores the loss of self-awareness in groups. Basically, uh, decreased self-evaluation and decreased evaluation, decreased apprehension. Um, this causes anti-normative, which is apparently just against the social norm, and disinhibited, which is, you know, impulsive behavior. And this theory basically tries to explain uh, why this anti-normative collective behavior, like insurrections, violent crowds, like lynch mobs, occurs. And like I said earlier, the Gustave Le Bon guy, 
he theorized that uh like the loss of personal responsibility and again anonymity leads to this and so because the like the resulting mentality is so much more powerful than your own your individual traits are submerged therefore no individual group bro you're like Edgar, what do you think about this? And then you talk for <laughs> then five I just minutes rec about recite it. an essay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, what am I meant to say to that? Nice I job, Gustave Le Bon. Yeah, yeah. Just pat him on the back. Fair. I mean, I think that's a bit similar to things we've already talked about how... Oh, actually, no. Like, yeah. So people, like, sacrifice their own individual nuances to fit into the herd mentality. Is that mm -hmm. roughly correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, fair. Like, whenever there's a community of people, even the most in-tune, like, herd, is not going to have the exact same opinions. So for the sake of civil agreement, people are going to set aside, like, individual nuances and only focus on their common ground. I think... Okay, I guess de-individuation... Is a bad thing but i feel like we all do it to a certain degree right like there's that right. there's that saying that like you show a different version of yourself to every person you meet so like or wait i heard this the other day like in a conversation with three people there are many more than three people participating in that conversation because if it's like person a person b person c there's the person A that person B perceives. There's the person A that person C perceives. There's the B that A perceives, the B that C perceives, perceives, and so on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, so po point being, like, we all, like, subconsciously or consciously alter our behavior to mold or to fit in with what other people perceive us to be or what we want them to perceive us as. So I think to a certain degree, we're all guilty of de-individuation but it's all for the sake of like being able to get along or being more well-liked or being more popular and whatnot that's true that's true also i just wanted to say uh monkey see monkey do in some part yeah, of i was, I was gonna stuff. say that i was gonna say that before but it didn't feel appropriate <laughs> that's you why know, you just say it whenever you feel like you know that meme that like when people are alone at home they become utter psychopaths uh no like there is an there is a video on the onion which is like <laughs> like new study finds that when people are alone at home they turn into sociopaths and it was just like this guy at home and as soon as everyone's gone he starts like looking at himself in the mirror really deeply or like st stepping on every surface he can find it's just like strange individual behavior that he just feels more relaxed and more I don't know, emboldened to do because there's no one out. There's no one else watching. I don't think that was the purpose of the video, but point stands. Okay, well, I mean, for context, for people who don't know, The Onion is like a joke news distributor. It's, it's fake news, so just saying. Yeah, anyway, but it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, but it's like joke news based on like funny observations. It's satire. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or you want to talk about The Onion video, like where the two Boy Scouts volunteer to no 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 <laughs> no that's outside of the scope of the video it's funny though okay anyway we can also talk about cancel culture or is that taking away content from a future episode 
<laughs> no, I think it's fair. I think it fits into her okay. mentality. Okay, mm, let's let's yeah. talk about cancel do you, culture. Do you more call it cancel culture or pylon culture? I've never heard that. I've heard call out culture, but I've never heard whatever the hell you just oh, said. Oh, okay. Like, pi I, I heard this other term for, like, pylon culture, where the problem isn't just that people are being called out. The problem is that people are piling on to individuals. Like, the idea that one accusation, more and more people pile on to that person to the point where it's no longer, like, a fair fight. That's true. I mean, it's it's kind of like when someone dredges up that one thing from your past 10 years ago, that was clearly a joke tweet, and then you get cancelled over that. Okay, so what are your thoughts on this? Hmm? This is going to be okay. very revealing about your own <laughs> political opinions. Well, I think, personally, I think cancel culture is stupid. Like, just flat out. Obviously, I don't agree that people who do problematic things should should just have like, oh, I'll have a hiatus, and then I'll come back like nothing has ever happened. Obviously, I don't think that should be the case. But I don't think cancel culture is the way to address it. Because one, it stems from Twitter. And Twitter is, I heard somebody like, I think it was like Disguised Toast explain it like this. But back in the day, there were like villages, right? And there was the village idiot. and But then the village idiot couldn't talk uh, to each other because there was no form of communication. But Twitter is where the village idiots come together and engage in idiotic discussion. You heard that on Reddit, right? No, I heard it from this, like, like Toast weird, or something. There's this weird beef between Reddit and Twitter. Oh, I mean, Reddit is also a so type of social media and people should come to terms with that. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so I think cancel culture in itself is problematic because A, because of that. And B, because a lot of the things are clearly satire and people use cancel culture kind of like as a platform to say, oh, this is not satire. You, you can't just say that and then, you know, cancel someone. I don't think because and also it involves like shunning someone, essentially, even if they haven't acted in a so-called un unacceptable manner. And there's also it's an it's unfair in that there's. It's it's just a bunch of random people on the internet judging you, right? Like, you don't really have a say in it either. And it kind of cultivates like a bunch of toxic arguing online as well. But yeah, I don't think it's the right way to address like so-called unacceptable behavior. Mm -hmm. Fair, fair. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I think cancel culture as a whole is just pretty stupid. But I think people also tend to mischaracterize why it's stupid. I think, like, people tend to mischaracterize it as like it is stupid because like oh there's nothing to discuss you're getting mad over nothing which in a lot of cases is true but i think the more serious issue is that it is also just a form of herd mentality like that's why i think piling on is a better descriptor of it because it's mm -hmm. like it takes one thing which you might debate whether it's problematic or not but it amplifies it to the point where people will agree with the cancellation or people like tweet i don't know david is over party for the sake of gaining this clout because it draws a proportional line between it, it draws a proportional line between the amount of toxicity you perpetuate and the amount of clout you get from it if you call someone out you're rewarded with likes in return so i think a lot of times that's why it's so problematic 
because it encourages because it encourages people to like cancel or call out others even like firstly even when no such problematic behavior exists or b without even considering whether they actually agree with like the problematic behavior but also like i agree like it makes it very difficult for people to give explanations or justifications for why they did what they did or to provide further context for example <laughs> like when uh what's it called like when they're being canceled or called out yeah like there's also another thing uh cancel culture was like originally withdrawing support or you know canceling these figures or companies right but it's it's gone to a point where people don't just withdraw support they force other people to withdraw support and that's where the idea of herd mentality comes in which is bad right and i saw that some people were like saying that her uh, cancel culture promotes this atmosphere where people can't like exercise legitimate rights because of the fear of cancel culture whereas other people argue that oh it promotes it promotes accountability so it's fine yeah And I think it's important to distinguish between accountability because like, okay, I think the idea is that it's great that any person can have, can air their grievances. Like if someone wronged you and then they became an influencer, I think it's fair that you're able to air those grievances. Like I think last year or towards the end of last year, there were a whole slew of like allegations against a lot of different K-pop stars based on bullying and quite a lot of those allegations ended up being true like i think a member of g idol sujin like left the group because those allegations did come to light they went to court um and she was unable and she like i think it was yeah she was essentially proven to have done it and she left the group also hyunjin from straight kids there are also allegations against him and i think the important fact is that a lot of these allegations would not have been possible if not for the power of social media being able to amplify a person's voice. I think in those cases, Right. sure but a lot of times yeah like you said like cancel culture it goes beyond that it is not just an accountability mechanism but it's people taking that accountability and oftentimes abusing it i think things like false allegations are are genuinely a problem the idea that people will just like try to find flaws like try to find problems for
and it's not a good metric to say it's not a good metric to say that you cannot do what you're doing anymore just because of this one thing you did in the past even though it may be inconsequential whereas you see other people who are supposedly cancelled and then they go on like a like a one month hiatus and then they come back and like continue to do whatever they were Dude, before. and when they come back with like a video of them kneeling uh, like the title of the video is always apologizing for this or i'm so sorry in all lowercase and then the video is them like kneeling in front of their couch first it's a couple of shots of them crying and like wiping away their tears and then they like look up at the camera they're like so i'm gonna get right to it i messed up guys i really messed up and then it's just so it's so pathetic apology videos are the funniest thing like I remember there was one apology I I forget who, but there was this guy and it was like it was using a webcam. Actually no, it was probably a professional camera, but the backdrop was just his like multi-story house with like two hummers outside. Outside like the glass walls. And then him just like profusely apologizing. And then everyone in the comments was just making fun of him, like flaunting his wealth. Anyway. Is this Yeah, we're we're definitely okay. over time. Oh, 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 no, I was going to say, are we off topic? Oh, yeah, okay. Eh. Okay, let's wrap back up. Uh, I can't talk. Let's go back to um, herd mentality. What about conspiracy theories? Actually, I'm still not sure if conspiracy theories count as a form of herd mentality. Uh, I think it's like a lot of different factors. Well, I mean, you can say that about everything, but just genuinely, like, it's also, like, people use it as a way to supposedly like be unique and stand out but also like challenge the norm which is something that's like highly smiled upon in a lot of societies but clearly not in this way right mm, fair fair like the so flat while it thing. is also born out of like okay so while it sometimes is also born out of a desire to get clout or to get fame or whatever it's not really in the same vein as her mentality mm, yeah but those those videos of like supposed flat earthers, if, I don't know if they're real or not. Some most of them are probably fake, but like actual flat earthers, like coming to terms with their wrong, those are like the most wholesome videos. Wait, which ones? Like you, there are videos or like stories of people who have been flat earthers and then they've realized that they're wrong and then come to terms with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I I guess um. Uh, flat earthers. Like, it brings up the topic of cherry-picking evidence. Like, they start with the conclusion and then get evidence. Whereas, normally, in the scientific um, method, you would start off with, like, a hypothesis and do whatever, right? Yeah. I think, like, more in line with the idea of herd mentality interacting with conspiracy theorists is the idea of, like, overestimation of how many people actually support them. Because I think there's this... I think there's this interesting like social studies done where people of certain groups, whether that's like political groups or like opinions within a community, they consistently overestimate their own support. Like they consistently believe that the vast majority, or sometimes they use the term like the silent majority actually yeah. agrees with them. When in reality, it's a it's lot a more very vocal than they'd minority. like to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they exactly. They use phrases like, Oh, it's just the vocal minority or just it's just the silent majority 
when in reality that's probably not true mm-hmm. there's probably a lot more diverse spectrums of opinions that actually exist all right yeah okay on that note we should probably end it i mean we should definitely end it it's over 30 minutes for sure um okay so to recap um we talked about herd mentality uh something something de-individuation its problems you know where we find it in society uh and also we went off on a tangent about cancel culture which was pretty interesting i have to admit and then here we are um once again passing the boundary that we decided on like four weeks ago but on that note uh go ahead and follow at sociable underscore official on instagram for regular polls well it's not really regular actually no trust me it's regular um updates and stories and such and also interactions if you want to be featured uh send us an email or a text i guess and thank you for listening yep thank you for listening thank you for making it to the end of this episode all right bye